there's nothing more humbling than addiction. And that's why it's okay for people to go through it, but they shouldn't label themselves an addict. You know, we all go through those things, but people don't have to claim those labels necessarily, you know, um, that they're just humbling. They're humbling. It's a humbling experience, but I think everybody can get out of it. Is there anyone out there? From Darkness to Life contains the real stories of individuals who found their way out of the darkness caused by mental health challenges and substance abuse. If these stories resonate with you and you or someone you love need help and don't know where to turn, Our Collective Journey is here for you. Please reach out when you're ready to ourcollectivejourney.ca or on Facebook at Our Collective Journey. Clock is ticking. Okay, uh, welcome back to another edition of From Darkness to Life with Brian here. Uh, we're in the Plugged In Media Network studio. We got the guys in the back pushing the buttons and things are going smooth this morning. I'm joined with my good buddy Dave. Pastor Dave is joining us this morning. What's happening, dude? Hey, hey, how are you? I can't be a fan of your house. <laughs> I don't know if our guest if I Claire came in can... and I knew being a Flames fan, I thought I better represent the oil. So, oh, man, big congrats. Big congrats on your wedding. Oh, thank you. You're married sir. man now. It's yeah. awesome. Thank yeah. you for uh, doing the ceremony for us and, and just taking time out of your schedule. I know you guys had plans on the weekend and you altered all your plans to be part oh. of our wedding. So that was cool. Couldn't imagine doing anything different, man. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. And what a chaotic weekend, hey, with the balloon festival we had here and oh, all the traffic and it man. was just wild. Yeah. Traffic. That's, uh, we'll just use that word to describe it. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to ruffle any feathers. No, it was, none at all. It was a yeah. huge success. Yes, indeed. <laughs> it was awesome. So awesome. good. So yeah, man. enough about uh, us. We have Claire with us today. She's joining us from, I believe she's from Invermere, but I believe you're in Revelstoke today. Are you not? <laughs> yeah, definitely in Revelstoke. <laughs> right on. So Claire's uh, Claire is an amazing lady who we joined, you know, cross paths with on social media and stuff, and started following each other. Uh, some of the recovery stuff and some of the work that Claire's doing in the community and her wellness and uh, fitness, her health, her entrepreneurship, all these things, life coaching she's doing in the community, all boils down to just helping other people. I believe if, uh, if I'm not wrong and that's what kind of drew us towards following Claire. And then, um, we just touched base and here we are today. So I'm going to get you Claire to just share about, uh, some of the stuff that drives you today. What's your passion and sh- just tell us about yourself a little bit. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me on the show, by the way, I love your guys' work and everything you guys are doing. Um, been a big fan for a long time now. Um, so basically I, yeah, I have, uh, like my own addiction, uh, story from, you know, 20 years ago mm-hmm. and, uh, used to work in the bar, bar scene a lot and, um, and just, you know, over those years just kind of saw, you know, um, the good, the bad and the ugly, right. Of, of it all. And, uh, of course fell in love with many people that, uh, ended up suffering, you know, with addiction and mm-hmm. things like that. And, um, realizing that, you know, as, as a fitness coach, so I, I used, I used fitness and faith to get me through my addictions. You know, I just really believed I need, need to have balance and I wanted to be healthy. You know, when you're happy, you can, you can do so much more. Right. So I was always, you know, trying to heal and deal with my own stuff. And then over the years, you know, as developing programs and things like that, you come across clients uh, that want to compete. And, and I was a, a competitive bodybuilder for many years. And, uh, you know, addiction is kind of such a, it's, you know, you paint it, you paint people with addiction cards 
mostly everybody suffers from some sort of addiction, right? For sure. Almost everybody. I, I don't think I don't think I've met anybody that doesn't actually have an addiction. Yeah. It's just that some are like socially acceptable and others aren't. Yeah. And um, and so we kind of just you know we move through different addictions, but the ultimate goal is balance, right? That's where true happiness and you know is I believe you know in health, anyways, health wise. And so I just kept on, you know, trying to find ways to help my clients, but more, more, more than my clients, my loved ones, you right. know, I just, be, because it's not so much the clients that come into your, like you have a story and clientele, but I just, I, you know, because I was in that bar scene and because, you know, addicts attract addicts, you know, I just fell in love with so many other addicts and I was like, I got out of it. And so I just, you know, I got away from the deadly ones, I should say, and, um, and was blessed by that and thought, oh man, like the only reason people are still stuck in this, you know, I thought for myself was they either don't have the guidance or they don't have the support, you know, cause you know, like leaving a certain lifestyle, mm-hmm. it feels like you're losing everybody. Right. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, how can we, how can we, how can we make it so that nobody actually has to lose? Because, you know, it's kind of a lie that you're losing anything when you're leaving addiction, right? That's the lie that keeps you there. Yeah. And so you're actually gaining. And so I was always trying to find ways um, to bring people together, to support people, to create communities. Um, and so of course here, I'm in Revelstoke again, now doing the same kind of thing, but I used fitness really to create, um, to just to, I don't know, invite people into a healthier addiction. Right. <laughs> like I said, like we're kind of jumping from one addiction to the next. Um, while we're trying to recover or while we're on this journey, right? So you might be filling the void um, with alcohol or drugs or whatever, sex, whatever. And then you, you're like, oh, okay, this isn't going to work. You know, yeah. like I, my health is going bad. I'm gaining a bunch of weight. It costs me a bunch of money. I wake up. I don't know where I'm, where I am. I don't know what I said yesterday. It's embarrassing. You know, you're Absolutely. trying to manage, you know, and a lot of people are, are uh, w- really, really well at managing. Yeah. Right? Like you don't even know half the, the addicts mm-hmm. that are out there. You know, they go to work, they crack beers at night every day. You don't really know what they're suffering. But um, so I just kind of wanted to like my whole life purpose now is just, first of all, let everyone know they're loved. Right. Cause mm-hmm. I think that's, that's where yep. the biggest hole is. Right. That's the biggest hole in people's lives, the gap. Um, and, uh, and then let them know that they have a serious purpose, right. They were born for a reason. We need them to be at their best, right? Like excellence, like teaching excellence, because I don't think people realize, like a lot of times if people don't know what their purpose is, they'll get lost in filling the void, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. As soon as you find out what your purpose is, then you're driven to go do it, right? Like then you're motivated, then you want to be healthy, then you want to pursue balance because if you're not, if you don't think that you have a purpose, then what's the point anyways? Yeah. You might as well just trash your body. You might as (laughs) well just, you know, because you don't, because it doesn't matter, like, when I, as soon as I had a purpose, I was like, man, I got to get up at five o'clock in the morning. I got to get trained. Oof, I got to, yeah. you know, I got to eat right. I got to make sure that my brain chemicals are in order. We got to make, you know, because I want to make sure that I can help as many people in that day. And if I'm not doing well, then no one else is going to get what I can benefit them. Right. So it was really just about, yeah, like I said, loving people first, letting them know that they mm-hmm. are here for a reason and then helping them find their gifts. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then, encourage those gifts because we need them all right we need every single person that's here obviously every you know i need my tax guy as much as i need my chiropractor as much as much as i need my you know my mom you yeah, know <laughs> like for sure so we need all these people in these roles and if people aren't living their roles then we're all kind of not benefiting yeah you know there's a gap so 
So it's more just like, Hey, yeah. So anyways, um, that's a little bit about my, about my, where my head goes. Yeah, yeah, you know, for sure. Um, when I think about addiction, I'm like, we got to get these people out of it. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get them out of it. Cause like as a country, as a community, we need everybody on deck right now. Yeah. We need all hands on deck guys. We need uh, all hands on deck. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I know what, what you're sharing there really resonates with me on, you know, a lot of the studies and a lot of the training I've done and, and the research, it shows that people in long-term recovery have utilized at least, you know, six or seven different resources to, to maintain their recovery. And so, you know, mm-hmm. that's way more than just, you know, a 12 step group or, yeah, yeah. or a smart recovery thing. group, right. Yeah. That yeah. so many people dive into yeah. at the start. That's great for stability at the start. But like you just said, your tax guy, your mom, your chiropractor, all these things go into those resources to maintain, you know, your quality of life and to better your quality of life and in recovery. And for mm-hmm. me, it was, you know, it was the same thing. It was, it was 12 step for me. It was counseling, which, you know, opened the door for counseling. Cause mm-hmm. I was not seeing a counselor at the start. Yeah. Then it opened the door to become a, a fitness trainer. Then it became, you know, then I found the church and I found God and I found uh-huh. all these things that yeah. all go into being active member of a recovery community and yeah. bettering my life. Right? Yeah. 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 And a lot of it, I love what you said, Clara is just pertaining to purpose, right? Cause I know like your story, right? A lot of that is like, where you actually like, you kind of found yeah. like, Oh, this is why I'm here. Like, you know, Claire, like maybe I'll just start with a question because I really resonate with that purpose thing. I've often said, and it actually wasn't me who coined it. I heard it somewhere else, but if purpose is unknown, abuse is inevitable. Right. And if you don't know, like kind of the why, like even like a, you know, a phone or whatever, if I'm going to use it as a hammer, I'm going to abuse it because that's not the purpose. Right. Mm -hmm. So how, if I may, how, how do you, I guess, kind of help people facilitate or find, or even get pointed in the right direction as to their purpose? I know it's, a vague question but yeah no that's a good question um so so basically i think people's purpose it comes with their gifts and talents right and what they're drawn to like i think that god created everybody you know with with the purposes Mm -hmm. and they're like you said a hammer you know like you can see that it has uh, a head made of steel and you're like what could i possibly use this for you know like uh, the clues are there yeah (laughs) you know um it doesn't have any digital um, it doesn't have any digital mechanisms. It's, yeah. you know, so if you just, you just look at a person and you, you just t- get talking to someone, you can really help them pull it out of themselves mm-hmm. real quick. Right. Because based on mm-hmm. what they love already, you know, like, yeah. you know, when you find an, an, an artist, a starving artist say, you know, cause there's a lot of starving artists that um, end up on, you know, in addiction because they're starving artists, you mm-hmm. know, but they don't realize the utility of art, right? And how it is, it's in everything. So, you know, say I meet an artist and, and, you know, they're like, oh, I just quit that. I went and got a job. And then they find misery in the job because they actually aren't supposed to be doing that job right. because it's not utilizing their God-given talents and gifts, right? So that's where the misery starts. Misery starts and you start drinking and you start living this mm-hmm. unpurpose-filled life. So you have to have an element of faith, first of all, in your gift, right? faith that it was given to you with a purpose and that you have a piece of this pie and a reason for being here and that you're not going to be, um, you know, an outcast because of it, but, but it's a very unique gift and that you need to have faith. You they can't go, you can't live a purpose driven life without faith. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, if you want to deny faith, you're probably going to stay lost um, because you have to have a level of faith to use the tool. Right. So yeah. it's like a hammer is not going to be used unless you pick it up. And you have faith that it's going to do the job and mm-hmm. that that job will pay that hammer back. Right. Yeah. That's um, good. 
so a lot of this stuff is really just, um, it's, it's finding the purpose. So once you find out the purpose, like for me, when I was young, when I was trying to figure it out, there was a few God given gifts that I had that I could pull out that it took me some time to figure it out, but okay, let's talk about genetics, things like that. So my body, I, I knew that my, I was always very energetic. Um, I usually annoyed people with my energy and um, so usually what annoys someone else is part of your gift too, because the, the enemy of your soul wants to destroy you, right? Yeah. So if you've been teased about this certain thing, it's probably part of your gift. Um, That's good. So I got yeah. teased a lot yeah. about having having muscles and things like that as a kid. People told me I was a boy and, you know, all this weird, you know, <laughs> stuff that we're seeing today where, the, you know, the enemy's trying to be like, you know, causing me to think that I'm supposed to be something I'm not. Right. Um, had a big tomboy complex complex didn't realize you know the purpose was to okay so I had these I had a physical appearance that was um you know hated upon but I knew that I love fitness like I love being active I loved encouraging people so my personality traits were very leadership and encouraging um so I was always I just grabbed people you know when I was a kid I was like hey everybody we're having a party today you know whatever I just grab everybody we get together so like once I started putting together all these things I was like okay and then personal training wasn't even a thing when I was a kid. So it wasn't a career option. It was just that God made me for this time in this mm -hmm. life now, now. Right. So by the time we got there um, and the world had progressed, turns out you need personal trainers, you know? Yeah. And so he knew what he was planning before I even knew it, but I knew that it was going to be physical. It was probably going to be in a, some sort of leadership role because I had those natural yeah. um, tendencies and, um, and I had a, a knack for just like loving people like of all, kinds you know it wasn't mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. there wasn't I didn't have like a certain group I was like you have you know I could just see things in people that I just fell in love with so those things but that didn't have a job title so I couldn't figure out what the job was but then that's where the faith came in I was like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna just whatever the job is I'm gonna make sure that I'm using these things I'm gonna use my physical mm -hmm. I'm gonna use my encouraging skills and I'm gonna use my leadership skills wow. and as long as I focused on those um the rest kind of fell into place because it, it cuts away the stuff that's not for you. Right. Mm -hmm. So, Oh, and I'm very artistic too. So there had to be art in there as well. So, so it helped me um, be like when people are like, Oh, it, it, they'd offer you a job. And I'd be like, well, is it using my physical skills? Is it using my encouraging skills? And is it using my leadership skills? And if it wasn't using those, then I didn't take it. Right. <laughs> and so it helps, you know, take, take away, you know, what's not for me. And it's not that I knew all the time what the job was going to be, but it was more like, or, and, and, and it's not like I was getting paid for all the jobs either. Sometimes I was doing things just pro bono because I was being told right. to serve yeah. people. Right. And because the service in itself filled me up so much, I could do other odd jobs mm -hmm. that maybe weren't so fulfilling, but at least in my heart and my life, I was always using my skills and my purpose. <laughs> So there's lots of times that I wasn't, I wasn't doing what I supposed to do to the outside, like the outside like life that people mm -hmm. would maybe look at, but I knew in my heart that I was getting prepared for something next, yeah. right? So that's where the faith play, place <clears throat> plays in and, and mm -hmm. the, you know, obviously the relationship with God and knowing that he's directing your path and having that stuff instilled and knowing that it doesn't really matter what anybody thinks mm -hmm. yeah. as long as we're, we're, we're talking about it. Uh, like we're, we're talking about, yeah, yeah. Um, we're good, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, like I said, like, what's the, the contract? The contract is always love, love God and love others. Right. And that's the contract you there get you into once yeah. you have faith. And, um, and so, so that can vary. So once you're in that life, I think that um, 
you know, healing and, and all that, it's progressive, right? You don't just, you start, you know, at some place, like you said, with the 12-step program, it doesn't matter where you start. God yeah. doesn't use anything to get you started. Yeah, for sure. It's the uh, find, finding the purpose as soon as you can will help that progression, you know, move forward. Because as soon as you start serving others, you, you stop so much focusing on your progress. You start caring about other people. Yeah, and once huge. you start yeah. caring about other people, you you almost cure yourself yeah, because yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's, totally, it's yeah. you know and so and that's why this can be such a contagious and wonderful thing um yeah. you know and for our community like we've got an issue with addiction and stuff on the uprise but i'm seeing it a totally different way i said this is so contagious like this is we can be just as contagious the other way yeah. right mm-hmm. just as fast as it all came yep. tumbling down we can build it right back up and uh tenfold yeah right so I think that that's the purpose right that's now. Cool. Totally. Um, <clears throat> I yeah. love, I love how you talked about, you know, Dave, your, your question to Claire at the start was how do you help somebody find their purpose? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's that you nailed it. And that's exactly what, you know, how I live my life, how OCJ operates is we, we listen to understand. We don't listen to respond, right? You, you sit and you build a connection with somebody and you listen to understand where they're coming mm-hmm. from. Mm-hmm. And the next step for us is, is, you know, I find right now in society, everybody looks for the deficits and everybody points out what you're missing, what you're missing, what you're missing. And for us, it's like, let's find people's strengths because everybody's got strength in them and everybody has a purpose. Like you said, right. Mm -hmm. We just got to help them uncover it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And by recognizing somebody's strengths, which are going to be different than mine, Mm -hmm. then we start pointing them out because a lot of people that are lost in active addiction don't even recognize they have any strengths or anything going for them anymore. Well, and they've been reminded already so many times of their weaknesses they don't need you know like and i I love uh claire also how you said like just getting people to kind of see it themselves do i mean and how powerful it is when you have that revelation of like even just answering that question like why am i here yeah do you know um and you know because i mean your your role as a life coach you know there's there probably would be many opportunities and i know even in 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 my role as a pastor there's lots of opportunities to kind of like um I guess speak life into people, you know, with like a with how do what is it, with a splash of direction, do you know? And and it's good mm-hmm. and great, yeah. but man, getting people to find that direction mm-hmm. on their own mm-hmm. through that whole listening to understand, absolutely, getting them to like that's that's huge. So it is you know. so huge. I know when I you know mm-hmm. I worked with an individual, and I've shared this before, but I worked with a young fellow here about two months ago who was really broken when he came in to see me as a recovery mm-hmm. coach, and we yeah. sat. He sat on my couch in my office for an hour. Yeah. And when he left, you know, he thanked me for, for directing him, you know, on his goals and yeah. on his path. And I said, dude, you walked in here yeah. knowing all that stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, you just needed a little help finding it. So I shone yeah. the flashlight for you a little bit here yeah. and there. And, and you uncovered all these goals yourselves and right. the strengths. You yeah. knew the answers walking in. You yeah. just need someone to walk with you. Totally. Totally. Um, yeah. Affirmation. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Claire, maybe just share a little bit. I mean, you kind of hinted on it, you know, in your, in your intro, but um, you know, the, the bar scene back in the day, you know, and addictions, uh, you know, like Ryan had mentioned, you have a little bit of a story in terms of like with people, uh, maybe not necessarily your safe, but people like in addictions mm-hmm. and it ultimately leading to not good circumstances, but maybe just shed some light on that if you can. Yeah. Okay. Well, when we, uh, when we chatted last, um, I had a, well, I've had three very close friends of mine pass away, um, from addiction. And, um, so, 
so the first, you know, the first pe- like, I don't even know where to start with that. Um, I mean, the first one start, it happened, you know, when I was young, when we were in our twenties. Right. And so people didn't necessarily, um, you know, those mistakes were being made, but maybe it wasn't, it wasn't so common. Mm-hmm. Right. So the first one was very shocking. You know, we were in our younger twenties. Um, I was still working in the bar at the time. So, you know, um, this was, it was probably like the first wake up call, you know, everyone was getting, you know, the group of friends and right. you're like, okay, you know, you could, um, you can actually just overdose. You don't even have to be an addict. You can just overdose by an accident, you know, by mm-hmm. accident. And, and maybe people wrote, wrote that off like that. Um, but it was very devastating uh, for me at the time. I had just uh, moved in with this girl or, or to the town that she was living in. And, um, and uh, I was, yeah, it was very devastating. So I, I just, of course, I was like, okay, that was the end of it for me. I was done with partying at all. Um, I had never done hard drugs though. So I had never really dealt with that on that level either. Mm-hmm. So it was easier for me to kind of be outside of it. You know, maybe just stay a little bit ignorant, you know, right. oh, it'll never happen to me kind of thing, you know? And uh and so people kind of write, write those things off, but I didn't, I didn't really write it off, you know? So I saw a lot of people just going like that out of that group of friends, just go back to the same partying. And it really disturbed me. I was like, someone's just died. Like, you know, the celebration of life turns into this yeah. drug fest party. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, I just couldn't, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. And uh, so I think I really had a, I really had an understanding that how lost everybody really was. I was like, this doesn't even wake anybody up. This, they must be like completely delusional. That's what I felt, you know, at the time. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, I was very young. So I was just kind of just not being able to process. So years later, um, kind of just moved away from certain kinds of people. Right. Cause that's usually what happens is like people make these decisions who they're going to hang out with when they're at that age. Right. And so, um, I just was like, that was too dis- disturbing. I don't want to be around people to do drugs. You know, that was like kind of the line in the sand for me, but because I still worked in the bar, um, you know, it was still around me all the time. And then I had a very close friend of mine, um, that suffered from Crohn's and he was put on, uh, oxys, oh, right. Boy. The doctors had to prescribe mm-hmm. that to him. And, uh, and then that also happened to a very good close friend of mine, her husband, they did the same thing with a back injury. Wow. So, you know, you get the first perspective of the, the drug addiction and then you see that people are, um, you know, dying because of their own choices and you put them in the box, right? That's mm-hmm. what people do. Yep. And then, but then, but then you have another situation where, um, these people didn't do that to themselves. The doctors did that to them, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so, and so you know, without any education of what happens with drug addiction and and all that and, and how those opioids work. And so the education is so, you know, closed there. Right. So this situation gets turned into a, um, um, a bad situation where, okay, my eyes have been opened to, to, to the compassion, compassion side of it now. Mm -hmm. Like I'm learning, okay, drug is addiction. Isn't, um, we don't just write people off. That's where my heart kind of yeah. Um, changed, you know, because mm-hmm. at a younger age, it was just kind of like, hey, well, you guys are the bad people yeah. and we're going to be the good people over here and we're just going to judge you from afar. For sure. So when it happened um, close to me again, um, uh, I realized that I had to have a heart change, right? Like I, I realized like, okay. And as a coach, I started taking on a lot of um, um, clients that were in recovery. And I ended up dating someone who was uh, a 10-year recovered um, addict as well. And so I just got a totally different education during those years, you know, um, right. about how it happens to people and how, you know, um, so my heart really, it, I think just really expanded 
you know, and then I kind of reflected back at the one that had had um, passed away because I think I had just anger from her from the, that one because I, at first I didn't even know she did certain drugs. Yeah. So I felt lied to and, right. and um, you know, just betrayed. Mm-hmm. And um, so the, the anger there kind of subsided when I started getting the compassion back, the empathy and the education through um, through just like, again, people I just truly loved that were suffering or had suffered. And then um, I just realized, OK, like this is, again, something that we really need to look at as at society. We can't just write people off. Right. And just, oh, they're an addict. They're lost cause. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so, so I had that. So then that um, person, I had dropped them off. I had, we had taken him in for a while um, because he was really suffering. And then I dropped him off at rehab and then never saw him again. Wow. So, um, so we really don't even know what happened. I don't think he's alive, um, but he was really suffering physically and mentally, but his heart was good. And he was very honest about things as much as he could be. Mm-hmm. So I got a different perspective but again my heart cried out like god like what are we going to do here we can't just be dropping people off of rehab and then never see them again right you know they're trying to do the right thing mm-hmm. so this isn't working <laughs> you know so a few years later um same um another situation with a girlfriend that uh had been suffering for many years probably in silence didn't really realize um anyway she ended up passing away um recently in april and uh, left her she has a daughter that's two and uh, basically an orphan now. And uh, it was just um, so, yeah. So at this point I had already been set up. I I'm starting a foundation myself. We are creating a big um, situation. That's why I'm out in Revelstoke. I don't really actually want to tell you guys yet about yeah. this. We'll have to talk about this other situation later, but, but um, my heart is uh, it's expanded immensely like I know it's part of my purpose just because you know I don't know sometimes numbers talk to me you know the number of three it's like when when God's trying to tell you something he tells you three times and so um I had three deaths and uh and um I just think it's I think that it's a addiction is it should be part of the curriculum you yeah. know at this point it's be something that that we don't talk about like oh don't do it but actually give tools like we need to have systems where there's tools and um yeah. So, so I think it's, it's very personal to me at this point. Um, my love for people that are suffering from that, it, it's, it's like we, people call it a disease, but I, I, I don't think it's incurable at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's definitely, I don't think mm-hmm. it's like the uncurable disease or, you know, when you like label people like generationally, Oh, your dad, I don't like any of that because yeah. I just believe that, that it's, um, it's definitely just a cry, you know, and it's, uh, I think that we have the tools. If we use them, we can help people. So. Wow. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Mm -hmm. Are you glad you came today, Dave? Yeah, man. Absolutely. (laughs) This is good. Oh yeah. No, it's really good. And I I agree a hundred percent with you that if we use the tools, because they're out there and we have evidence of them all over the world, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We just have to utilize them and we have to, you know, what I find, you know, with the different agencies and with different things that are going on in the communities, right? It's like, here's the tools. You got them now. Now you go use them. And yeah. when I was in that seat, when I came out of treatment and I had the two, the proverbial toolbox, yeah. right? Yeah. I didn't still know how to use them. I'd been there for seven weeks. The fog right. had just lifted. Yeah. yeah. And what do you think is going to happen when I go right back to the scene of the crime? I always call it, right? You go back yeah. to that same environment, same people, same yeah. job, same everything. Now yeah. you've only, you've just, now I'm the only coping mechanism I've ever had is gone. I'm not supposed to use that anymore, but I don't right. know how to use any of these other, other tools. Yeah. Yet, and I didn't have any support. Yeah. It just meant you were using drugs, holding the toolkit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, 
Claire, you, you had mentioned, you know, just the, it should be the curriculum, right? And just that whole thing of like, you know, because I know, I know a lot of your listeners, right, mm-hmm. for OCJ, you know, are, well, I guess I, I guess, I don't say I know, I kind of assume mm-hmm. um, it's, it's used as a, like, I'm in the middle of this right now. Yeah. And I need to hear someone's story. Uh, even Claire, you sharing about the story of your friends. I need to hear those stories so I kind of identify and relate to so that I can get help, right? Mm-hmm. But that's, I think that's that's a huge, I don't want to say it's a problem, but that whole thing of like preventative. Yeah. Do you know, like um, I used to teach financial literacy in, uh, in uh, like grade eight, nine, 10, you know, and I would literally like, I'd show kids like, okay, here's like a monthly budget. Go ahead and fill it out. And their minds were just like, what? Like, I have no idea. Do you know, because they're not taught that like even from family and, you know, and so, you know, maybe, maybe we're kind of like, or maybe I'm prying kind of for like, what are you up to? You know, but, um, you know, that, that whole thing of like (laughs) enabling people to honestly, even just have open conversations about this stuff before, it becomes a real problem in their lives. Right. So I don't know, maybe again, maybe I'm prying, but Claire, like how do you see kind of like taking next steps in that and, and talking about this stuff preventatively? Well, first of all, there's two, I mean, there's, there's multi levels to it, right? Obviously getting the kids first and foremost, always, because the the problem is, is that we come into a generation where, you know, the, the addiction rate is really, really high. Uh, I think in a lot of areas, you know, and so, um, and then when I say addiction, I don't mean just, you know, alcoholics. I mean, people are addicted to social media. Let's oh, be yeah. honest. I yeah. mean, people are the, the avoidant um, personality disorder is all time high. People don't want to talk about things they don't like. Mm-hmm. They don't want to, um, they don't want to deal with conflict because mm-hmm. they don't have to, they can just shut everybody off and sit in their room and just watch everybody else live their lives. Right. Which is where people get sick. Yeah. And uh, mm. they don't realize they're getting sick, right? They don't understand um, how sick all, our culture has become, right? Yeah. Because, and there's no, and there's no reference point because like our age, I, mean, I don't know what you guys, how old you are, but my, my generation of people, you know, they grew up without social media yeah. or any of that. And then they just went running with, we just went running and they started having kids without any boundaries and mm-hmm. just like give them a kid, the, give the kid the uh, tablet and get on with your life. And, and it doesn't work because the yeah. kids don't learn the tools. They learn from Disney. Disney teaches them some other garbage. And then we just, everybody's just running. But the, so the parents and the kids, we need to kind of, you know, like teach the kids what, what, a, what, a, what health is yeah. like, what is health, right? Like yeah. not, not medical health, but what is holistic health? What is taking care of yourself? Um, so I believe truly creating camps, um, awareness camps, you know, whatever, you know, you have fun camps, bring them out, you bring them out, you, um, you know, you have like a economics cl- class, you know, let's talk about, you know, growing your own food yeah. and doing things that, you know, that bring you back to God's creation, which is, you know, nature and, and then how the body works and all those things. And then, yeah, like some of these basic tools, because a lot of reason people are getting sick is because they're out of balance, right? Like, you know, what stressed you out yesterday? Oh, your credit card bill. Oh, oh, because you were out of balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you don't feel good. Oh, because you ate too much sugar. 
Oh, oh, because you're out of balance. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Okay, so you know we always bring it back to that balance. Where's the deficiency? Oh, you're not you're feeling lonely because you didn't call in your friends this week because you were watching too much social media or you were video gaming. Yeah. Oh, is that the ba- that that's the balance? Yeah. So you always got to checks and balance with your health, right? And your mental health. It's all part of checks and balance. And so if you don't have, um, you know, if you if you're not part of the community, you're living a selfish life. Your checks and balances are going to be out. You're going to be miserable, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to be wondering why does everyone else's social media feed look good. And I feel like garbage. Oh, well, your checks and balances are probably out, you know? And so, you know, giving the kids that, but then also talking to the parents. I mean, not a lot of parents aren't going to change. They don't want to, they, they, it's just, it's over for them. But I know that a lot of kids can come, you can have a a child that, you know, two kids that come out of an alcoholic parent situation. One child chooses never to drink and the other one follow mm-hmm. suit right mm-hmm. and so if you can save that one is it worth it yes because you gave that child another option you showed the kid that you know mom and dad might be dysfunctional but you don't have to be you know yeah. you can you can choose a totally different life and if you just save that one kid we can one kid at a time rebuild you know and mm-hmm. um and that's all Love that matters it. like that's all our job is we don't you know and then the rest of the thing is this thing is group think works and yeah. if groupthink works, we've just watched it. Um, if you can get those one kids, the strongest, the best, the most courageous, they will lead the other kid back to the water, right? Yeah. You can't make them drink, but you can, if everybody follows happiness, yeah. joy, if they can, if we can fill people with joy, then the joy will do its own work and we don't have to do the work anymore. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, it will yeah. just, it will refill and refill and refill. And then people, these groups will get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then that'll be the new norm. Yeah. And so that's what we really need to just get at. And so it's like, I want to have, um, we're working on something for the children for sure. <laughs> and then um, mm-hmm. recovery programs we have, it's going to, you know, it's a project that we've got going on here, but I'm trying to bring people back to nature and bring them back to grounding and uh, some pretty just standard godly principles, honestly, yeah. like yeah, that's yeah. really what it comes down to is because we've lost focus in who's really in charge too. Totally. Yeah. And uh, I think at, at the end of the day, every addict that recovers finds out that they couldn't do it on their own, Yeah. you know, um, yeah. and, the uh, yeah. because you can't and you can't, I mean, it, um, nothing, there's nothing more humbling than addiction, you know, yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why it's okay for people to go through it. I think people should go through it, but they shouldn't label themselves an addict. I think that, um, you know, we all go through those things, but people don't have to claim those labels necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, for sure. Um, but they're just humbling. They're humbling. It's a humbling experience, but I think everybody can get out of it. I just, mm-hmm. it's a choice, right? Yeah. Things are yeah. choices. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it, like you said, it's a lot easier if you have somebody else there to support you in it, right? Oh. Cause it's not something that you, ha- you need it. <laughs> you do. You yeah. I tried to do it on my own and I thought I knew, you know, we talk about this all the time. My best thinking took me to suicide. Like yeah, I obviously yeah, don't know yeah, the best, what's yeah. best for me. And I can't do it by myself. Yeah. So, and I love the concept. Well, we can't do anything. Yeah. Sorry. We can't do anything on our own. Even if you're not an addict, just so you know, like people that are like, Oh, I'm good at this. Mm-hmm. We were never meant to be lone soldiers. Nobody never. was. That's yeah. not what we're here yeah. created to be. So you don't have to be strong on your own. You have to be strong to not be on your own, mm-hmm. so true. you know, and to mm-hmm. say, Hey, you know, so. Well, I, just, I love the idea that you're talking about these camps and, and this whole holistic approach, because, you know, that's something that we've talked about since day one as well, right? This holistic approach to, to recovery and bettering your life. It's not just one piece. It's, it's, it's everything all encompassing, right? And we talk lots about mm-hmm. recovery capital here and working with somebody getting into recovery. We're trying to, to 
through scales and through tools, try to figure out what their recovery capital looks like. And that's their personal recovery capital, but there's also societal recovery capital and then community recovery capital. Because the more people, like you just said, the more people that you can put together and have that group think, you know, the more powerful this movement is. And that's something we're trying to do is, you know, sure, individuals are recovering, but let's turn it into a community of recovery, right? And build this recovery community where it's not, you know, you shouldn't be ashamed to be in recovery and, and you shouldn't be stigmatized because you're talking about recovery. It's, you know, all the narrative out there right now that I listen to or not by choice half the time is, is about harm reduction and all these other things. Right. And that has its place. But when we start talking about recovery, people want to turn the volume down and they don't want us to speak about it. And we're like, no, this is our lane and this is mm-hmm. our platform. This mm-hmm. is where we're standing. Recovery is possible. And it hundred percent undeniably saves lives. If you can get in recovery, yeah. you're likely not going to die from addiction. Yeah. And that's where we stand today is all these other things are important, but let's talk about recovery because if nobody's talking about recovery, what are we talking about then? Yeah. 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 And community-based recovery. Yeah. Like huge. You know, that's what we're yeah. building here. It's, yeah. it's got to be it. community-based. It's got to be everything I've ever um, put my mind to is always about community, bringing people together. Yeah. Because I think that's where that it's the isolation that's causing the greatest illness that we're dealing with. Uh-huh. I mean, this is why the, the deep, agenda has been to isolate people and, yeah, and yeah. lock them down. Right. Because, yeah. because if you can get people alone in, um, to their own devices, if they don't have strong faith, that's your, your yeah. mind turns into a battlefield. Yeah. And uh, if you don't have control over that and it takes a, it takes a very disciplined life to, to have um, a strong faith. Uh, it, mm-hmm, it's a battle, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. so it's about bringing people together and reminding everyone, Hey, you're not crazy, man. Yeah. You're not crazy. Yeah. 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 You're good. You're good. You're good. Mm-hmm. Don't forget who you are. Totally. I know the devil's been lying to you for a while, but mm-hmm. come back to the group. Yeah. We will, we'll, we'll collectively bring you back, you know, and, and we will bring, build you back up and yeah. build you, we'll build you back better. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was just a joke. So slogan, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, so yeah, but you, you know, you know, um, but yeah, so it definitely community. I mean, definitely community has to be part of it. Um, but yeah, so don't worry, you guys will be, you'll be right in here with me when we get the, uh, the final go ahead oh, to, uh, yeah. announce, announce all the projects and stuff. Uh-huh. It's fantastic. But there's yeah, some big things. Yeah. yeah. That's exciting. That. Yeah. When it, it reminds me of the more we talk about community, right. And that's mm-hmm. full transparency. That is what got me to be a member of your church. Right. Is yeah, yeah. the community aspect that's yeah. in that church, right. I've yeah. been to lots of churches and I left right after because nobody came and talked to you. Nobody seemed interested mm-hmm. this and that. Mm-hmm. Right. I come to you. Bridge Church here in Medicine Hat. Yeah. And it's like, you can't walk out the door without people no, talking to you. Everybody knows your name. It's people, a family. Yeah. People that aren't huggers, they're, they're the ones that leave a little a little offended because <laughs> they're like, oh, too much hugs. No, but it's true. I mean, I, I, I teach this to my church. And, and I know that, you know, a lot of listeners might not have that, that faith background. But, I mean, honestly, even right from creation, right? God said, let us make man in our image. Not my image, in our image. So, right from the onset, we see that like God himself, Trinity, God, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? The community of that and how we're designed. You, I mean, Claire, you said that phrase, we're not designed to be alone, do you know? And uh, Well, no, and- I, no, I've been sent out to a lot of people, yeah, with uh, like all the people that passed away. I was the last person with them before they passed away. And um, wow. and I I know God was sending me because, you know, and I've, and I've assured and told every single person that I know, like during COVID, even I was out, you know, I, I was living by myself in a, in a condo in uh, Edmonton and I knew it was put on my heart, like, you, go find someone who's hurting. Go find someone to live mm-hmm. with because- 
people shouldn't be alone right now. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty happy on my own. Um, it's, it's kind of a sickness. I get too happy alone. <laughs> so I was always like, get out there. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of an introvert. And, uh, and so I have to, I have to force myself to be around people, which people wouldn't believe it, but it's because I'm always thinking up projects to get everyone together, yeah. but I just want to sit back yeah. and not really be part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, stay out of the drama, you know, but, yeah. uh, but, um, he had going out. Yeah. Make sure that people weren't alone during that time. And, uh, because it's, yeah, it's, it, we're not supposed to be alone, you know, two is better than one, you know, it's yeah. true. It's like yeah. three is a strong, stronger, you know, and that's, there's a reason um, for that. It's because, you know, if you're getting attacked, you're getting attacked by yourself. Right. And then you don't have anybody to defend you. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's bringing people together. And then the family union, you know, God is family, family, right? Mm-hmm. It's family. We all, that's the hole in our heart, right? Yeah. The hole in our heart is, uh, is, is the love portion, the God portion, right? And the God portion, he created us to have a family. Yeah. He wanted to have a family. That was like the number one thing, right? So then he put that in us because we're just like him, right? In that sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so we all, we all yearn family. It doesn't mean necessarily people need to be married, but they have to be in a, some sort of family. And that's what mm-hmm. the church is supposed to be. And so if you can't, if the church isn't the most comfortable place, we have to have some sort of family community so you know and uh you know not everyone's able doesn't always feel comfortable doing churches um so we so you know i've i found something else that's going to be more Mm -hmm. um you know everybody's welcome and so that's yeah 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 and and i mean it's all it's all part part of yeah. And, and obviously, I mean, community that is moving in the same direction that you want to move. Right. I mean, cause I mean, we all yeah. know, you know, I mean, you show me your friends, I'll show the you the future. Community. Yeah. Right. The drug you know, community could be an awesome community, but, but it's yeah. a counterfeit. That's the thing is, is there's always going to be a counterfeit yeah. life, right? There's the yeah. abundant life. There's the blessed life. There's yeah. the healthy life. And then there's the counterfeit life mm-hmm. and the counterfeit life. You know, who leads that crowd and you know, the characteristics of it, right? Yeah characteristics of it is is you know selfishness it is um isolation or group but you know um bad behaviors you know mm-hmm. like there's all those things that you know it, the list is pretty plain the tools are there you know like yeah. it's it's you can see when you're living for others you know you put others before you and um you find your purpose and, and that purpose is a service of some sort usually mm-hmm. right your purpose isn't going to necessarily be um drive in like a two million dollar boat with a bunch of girls in bikinis in the back you know it that yeah. might not it might be but it might you know i mean you gotta you gotta level it out and see okay how much am i helping how yeah. much am i taking yeah, yeah. you know yeah. like there's gotta be like is everyone healthy and feeling good you know by yeah. the end of these excursions mm-hmm. or are people leaving dry and and, and drained yeah. so the joy is usually where you can you can yeah. double check things right yeah. so Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, that, that really nails it. Cause when I found my purpose, which is, you know, helping others, yeah. I, I was a manager in the oil and gas industry for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, on came addiction, on came suicidal ideation, on came, a, you know, me trying to take my life, all these things. Right. So I blew my life up, burnt it to the ground. Where am I going to, I'm 40 years old at that time. What is my purpose and where am I? I thought life was over. Cause mm-hmm. my purpose at that point was my job. That was mm-hmm. my identity. That was who I was. Right. And once I finally, you know, it started with that bike trip across the country, yeah. cycled across the country. And I found that, holy shit, I can do things. Yeah. I can actually do yeah. things. And by stopping and talking to people along the way and hearing them for, you know, more than just to respond and more to, more than just to try to fix people. Yeah. It was to understand the pain they're going through mm-hmm. and just be there to listen. 
right? Yeah. And then yeah. I started to realize, holy smokes, this is maybe what my purpose is. It's just to work with other people and help people mm-hmm. in their journeys. And the last seven and a half years has been amazing. And it's opened the doors for the next piece to be revealed for me. And the yeah. next piece, right? It was just, yeah. we kind of, you touched on something earlier, Claire, and it was, you know, not the same wording, but for me, it's like, and we talk about it here at OCJ lots, it's, it's saying yes to the next right thing in my life, mm-hmm. not caring what it, where it's going to lead. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just mm-hmm. when this is presented, when God puts something in front of me and it yeah. feels right, I'm going to yeah. do it. And it's not for me. Usually it's to help somebody else mm-hmm. and the doors just keep opening. Mm-hmm. And it's been an amazing. That's yeah. how you can tell. Yeah. 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 It's been, that's fu- how you can tell. Like, that's how you can tell. Yeah. It's been completely fulfilling. And like you said, that, that void that I was trying to, to fill with, you know, booze, mm-hmm. drugs, sex, gambling, yeah. fast cars, all these things. Yeah. It worked for five minutes or 10 minutes, but then mm-hmm. you're back to that void again, the vacuum, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's a God-shaped hole. And for me, it was as soon as I found faith and I found God and I started helping people and doing things for the right reason, man, I don't have that void anymore. It, that's exactly it. I'm sure Claire, you <laughs> yeah. would agree, right? Is like, you know, when, 100%, yeah, that's, that's my new addiction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what you get addicted to. Mm-hmm. Like you get addicted to helping people and then you're like, okay, God, you need to help me have boundaries too. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I'll get drained. But like, you know, once you open that vessel though, he just fills you up and it's mm-hmm. just supposed to be like this. You're supposed to be a vessel. Yeah. Right. And that's where the joy is. And, and you, li- no one could bribe me into like, a really, you know, uh, nice car or amazing vacation anymore compared to the projects God's instilled given to me right now. Like yeah. I can't even the joy I wake up for, I wake up at five o'clock in the morning. No one's even up. And I'm like, praise the Lord. Like I just, because there's <laughs> nothing I can't even, yeah. cause like nothing like I'm <clears throat> compared to the life. And I've, I mean, I've gone on many, many, I got to you know do a lot of modeling and traveled the world doing a lot of amazing things. And, and, I'll tell you, even in that, because I had faith during that too, but the less of me there has been, the better it's been. <laughs> Every, right. the lower I get to on the, my mm-hmm. pool, I get, mm-hmm. the better I feel. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It, and I would never change it. Like I never want to go back to mm-hmm. yeah. even some of the things that, you know, God used, God used my competing and my modeling and all that stuff for yeah. many years. Yeah. But it was like the level of joy was there because he was there but nothing like this, yeah. nothing like yeah. where I'm at now with my joy level. It's like, it's on another level and I can just feel it's very, it, it's very like evident. <laughs> like, you know, know. Right? It's contagious. Yeah. Right. You can't well, you, help, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you, you do, you sound like how you're describing what you're doing. It's very evident that it's an addiction, you know, like it honestly kind of sounds so, like somebody yeah. that is talking about their first hit of, you know, whatever, like, <laughs> yeah, Oh, right? it's the best thing ever, you know? Um, and so, yeah, it like, like, it feels like, it feels like that, honestly, yeah. because I just like the amount of people that we're going to help. Yeah. Like, I just, like, I just, I, I think for me, because I mean, I do have, I have crazy faith and I just, God oh, is on this thing. Yeah, yeah. and I just feel like, I just feel like he's going to be doing something on another level that I couldn't wish or dream. Yeah. And, uh, and I just feel like so many people are going to be impacted and it's just like, it's just payback for me because yeah. I was stolen from right. Those mm-hmm. people that, that passed away, the, the devil stole them from mm-hmm. me. And so, sorry, I just wanted God to pay me back for yeah. that. I said for every every person that was stolen, mm-hmm. I want a thousand, ten thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That are saved because I I think that was thievery, you know, and I think a lot of people um, feel like that. 
Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people feel like they were stolen from because that's what drugs and alcohol and all that, and all the addiction does. It's yeah. just, it's a thief in the night and just, it's true. it takes some of the best and take some of the best Yeah, mm-hmm. because I've watched some of these people, all the, all my friends that were taken um, were some of the most talented people that I've ever met. And yep. I'm like, you know, they're, they're, they're big voids. It's like, man, well, who's going to do this now? And who's going to do that? Like these people were in my life mm-hmm. for a reason because they had amazing gifts and talents that, that really added to my life. Right? right. And people aren't just replaceable. You don't just replace, Oh, well, I'll just find another you. There's no other, no, no. other you. Yeah. There's only yeah. one. Yeah. And every person that's here in this time is so incredibly valuable that if we lose them, we lose a piece mm-hmm. of the, the puzzle, mm-hmm. you know, for sure. And we know all God works things together for good, but it is not his plan that anybody should go, you know? And yeah. so he's, it's like, we're trying to like reap, calibrate every single time we lose somebody so we really just yeah i'm just very excited that he's got a plan because it's not like it's my plan or anything i just get to be part of it yeah (laughs) but um and and like promoted and get excited you know and stuff like that but uh it's god's plan of course and um i'm just glad that we're getting to that place where i think we're going to start seeing some more turnaround yeah because when things start getting really dark the light gets to shine that much brighter and i I think that that's what this is all about yeah Yeah. so wild yeah, it's, it's time for hope. It's, it's a time so for hope, true. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, and even the the kids thing, right? Like, I mean, I I love that. Like, not often. Maybe I'm wrong, right? But not often. Like in OCJ, are you guys talking about like, you know, helping like the little ones? You yeah. know, you know, yeah. like. And so even just hearing that, I think it's you know, I think it's awesomely profound. And yeah, absolutely, you're gonna see you're gonna see the fruit of that moving forward. Right, because you just think like the next generation. Well, they're the ones taking care of us when we're old. Right? Yeah, we need right. To make sure they're healthy. Yeah. Because if they're not healthy, we're not going to have a good old. Absolutely. Age. But it's not we're just that. Trouble. We're here for adults too. We're yeah, for sure. Stuff for adults yeah. as well. But um, it's all encompassing, right? It's the whole family union. I, I really want to start seeing families heal. I yeah. think. Well, and that's the thing, so, right? Yeah. I know we spoke about it last time, and I read some of your your latest blogs on your website about how the family is impacted by addiction, right? And I look at my story, I look at all my friends' stories who are Mm -hmm. in active addiction, right? Mm -hmm. When you're in the middle of that, you might know I didn't even recognize it, how many people were impacted by my addiction, right? And and all the trauma it was inflicting on family members and kids. And even though I was using by myself in isolation, it's the rest of it that comes with it, right? And and to heal that whole family unit is the key to to successfully moving forward in a life that's beneficial for everyone, I think. It's not just the person struggling with addiction getting into recovery it's it's through the education piece and through the healing and the trauma and stuff that's inflicted on the family and and that whole healing piece for the whole unit to yeah. move forward i think is the whole unit it it's is the whole unit yeah because like i said i i've never been in hardcore addiction in that sense but i've sure been affected by it right and most of the people that affected me had no idea they were hurting me yeah yeah just their avoidance <clears throat> just yeah. them avoiding me because they didn't because they felt like, oh, well, maybe I would judge them or, you know, or maybe they felt shame. So they just wouldn't call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, you know, um, I want to be there for you, but they didn't want me. Yeah. Right. So yeah. the rejection, nobody wanted me to, because they didn't want me to help. They don't want me to help yeah. because they think they have to do it on their own. And that's part of the, you know, the, the devil in it, you know, devils mm. in the details. For sure. And, um, and so, yeah, sure. They weren't even, a lot of these people never used around me. My first friend, I never even knew she did drugs. Right. Right. She lied to me about it. Had no idea, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know? And so. Um, so that, so that's part of how people are affected without people knowing. Right. And, and a lot of like the relationships I've had, yeah, that had secret addictions. Yeah. Um, I started, they started phasing out and I would, I would be wondering why aren't they calling? And then I'd hear like later, Oh, they, 
you know, yeah. this whole other lifestyle they were living. And I didn't even know. And I was rejected continuously because I kept on attracting all these addicts in my life. And I was like, how do we got to heal these people, you know, or at mm-hmm. least let them talk about it. But, but again, there's the choice part to it. Right. So, you know, it, and continuous forgiving, but on, on all parts, everybody needs to learn that forgiveness um, mm-hmm. side of it. But yeah, but I know, I know families are absolutely um, affected by it. Like I said, like if you're not at your best, even if you're just having a bad day because you're eating too much junk food yeah. and you've slept, you know, the day and you didn't show up to work because, you know, all the little things we do in our life, it affects people. Right. So yeah. I think that that's something that this is why everyone needs to talk about it. Yeah. I think that's one of the main things. It's not yeah. necessarily to, to even direct one person to the other, but whether you're an addict or you're a non-addict, everything that we're talking about is super important for sure because mm-hmm. you need to have the empathy if you are not an addict, mm-hmm. but understanding, um, but you also have to have boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. You have to understand what boundaries are so you don't get in these loops. Right. And, um, and yeah, like I said, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's for everybody. Like I said, we need, everybody needs to know the tools. Everybody needs to know what the steps are um, in case you're put in a situation either as an addict or non-addict or supporting role in some area. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's, you, you nailed it. It's, it's that whole piece around talking about this more. And that's one of the reasons we have this podcast, right. Is to, to help people who resonate, you know, who are out there alone struggling. Cause I was out there alone struggling for a long time and thought I was all alone. I didn't want anyone to know. And I didn't know anyone else would understand Mm -hmm. my issues. And so now having yourself on here, Claire, having Dave on here, having all our guests on here to show that, man, this impacts everybody from all walks of life. Mm-hmm. And, and we're all struggling yeah. with this and let's normalize this conversation so that you don't have to sit at home and worry about your employer or your family member or your, your spouse or whoever stigmatizing you or pushing you to the yeah. fringes or whatever that looks yeah. like. Yeah. Let's just talk about it because yeah. it's normal. This yeah. is yeah. happening in every yeah, circle. I, yeah. I want to actually just add to that because like you said, normalizing, I remember as a kid, um, you know, being taken to counseling for, you know, some family issues or whatever. And I definitely felt stigmatized. Like, yeah. oh, I got to counseling oh you guys have issues whatever and recently i was with a dealing with a something that came up or whatever and somebody had offered me counseling and they said you want to get some counseling and i thought my old self was like um you know the stigma right yeah. and all of a sudden i just said oh no gosh you always get counseling get as much counseling as you want yeah like do mm-hmm. the counseling just it's great to just talk to somebody you know that's yeah. outside the group you can just let it go and let it let it rip i said and like almost shouldn't we all just have a like a go-to counselor should, sure. should we just completely everyone should be like oh who's your life coach who's your counselor who's you know like because i remember yeah. when it got super trendy to have personal trainers yeah you know everyone was doing it i remember when i first became one i just remember the the escalade club i used to call them all the ladies with their escalades and uh they'd all like <laughs> line up one after the other It'd be the escalade moms you know whatever yeah and uh and and so it was very trendy to have one and i'm like you know what would be trendier is if uh, everyone would get oh, you know yeah. a family counselor and totally. you know and just and because it has to be not because like literally after especially after covid i don't even care everyone mm-hmm. needs one everyone Absolutely. in the world was traumatized mm-hmm. everyone was traumatized mm-hmm. And I don't care whether you're a coach or you're whatever, like I'm a coach and I got myself a counselor and I'm just very excited to have this weekly meeting, you know, let it rip and uh, get a different perspective (laughs) from, you know, different people because we all need wise counsel. You know, I'm not saying that every counselor is good because I've, because I've gone through many different counselors and sometimes you can get wounded by counselors too, Mm -hmm. but you, but you should be able, we should definitely normalize it. And for men, as well. Absolutely. <laughs> Very yeah. much. I know, I know I'm a woman saying this, 
but men need to be able to find someone where they can feel safe to talk to, mm-hmm. um, especially because I feel like men really struggle in that area and they could probably use it the most For because sure. guys don't necessarily chat it out. I have girlfriends. We'll just, we'll just blah, blah, blah yeah, forever. Yeah. Whereas men need to have someone safe that won't bring the drama home. Yep. Right. Um, and so I think if you guys talk about that more, cause no one's going to listen to me about it, but the men really do need somebody safe to talk to. Absolutely. Uh, and I think that that should be, if, if the men yeah. could get back on that road, yeah. we'd all be better. <laughs> you know, we'd all be better. I agree. Yeah. I couldn't Absolutely. agree more. And it's funny you bring that up about having a go-to counselor and stuff. Like this is how normal it is in our household right now to talk about counseling and stuff, right? My, my wife is a registered social worker. I'm a addictions counselor, recovery coach, all these things. Right. And we just got married, right? Yeah. Like 72 hours ago. And we've already had the conversation about marriage counseling. There you go. And it's not because our marriage is on the rocks. Like it, no, it's being proactive. Yeah. Let's start proactive. going to one and yep. get, let's get this normalized yep. and have this part of our relationship moving mm-hmm. forward. Why wouldn't we? Mm-hmm. And when she brought that up, I'm sure in most households, they'd be like, well, nothing's wrong with our marriage. And I'm like, absolutely. Let's check them out. Yeah. Why and not? That, but that's the default yeah. answer yeah. is, but nothing's wrong. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, I know, yeah. but let's, let's do what we can to keep it that totally. way. Right. It's all takes yeah. work to get to where yeah. we are today. And if mm-hmm. we stop yeah. doing the work, it's a backslide, right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's just keep working. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, amazing. Man. It's good. That's really, that's, yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Cause I think that, yes, counseling and having somebody to kind of just, it's just a nice check-in, you know, yeah. it's like a mental check-in. It's mm-hmm. a, you're still on the level, you know, everything's yeah. going good. Okay. Well, but we shouldn't be just coasting and being good anyways. I've never believed in that. I don't right. believe in the coasting life anyways. Mm-hmm. We should be living an excellent life. Yeah. And so excellence comes with levels, right? You level up, level up, mm-hmm. level up, you know, you can coast for a while but you never you should never be stagnant so for sure. leveling up is kind of part of having a coach right yeah. and that's why people usually you know um, executives I, I do some executive coaching and um and i think this is why these people are successful yeah is <laughs> because they've invested in themselves yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So much, right and so yeah. um so yeah i think even if you even if you can yeah they know that that you know they they've seen their weaknesses they you know and that's like me for me with that when the the counseling came up as an option i thought oh yeah i'm definitely i definitely mm-hmm. can use help everybody can you yeah. know i'm not perfect and totally. uh, and yeah and when you're in a big leadership role and you're going to be managing a lot of people you definitely need to you need to answer to somebody mm-hmm. for sure so mm-hmm. um yeah everybody everybody needs to answer answer to someone it's yeah. important i mean of course god we answer to god but yeah. it's good to have a physical um person to keep it straight with you for sometimes. sure I love that you said so, yeah. that we're not perfect because that's the mantra on the outside of your church. Yeah, Dave. it is. Yep. No yeah. perfect people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nobody is. <laughs> well, and, and it's crazy how <laughs> that literally paves the way, like vulnerability, yeah. right? Like I honestly, I think of my own story with anxiety and depression, you know, like uh, three, four years ago. Right. And I remember getting up on the stage after and, you know, preaching and doing this, but like how powerful that vulnerability when I talked about like, yeah, I, I met with two psychologists and, you know, and talked about like my counselor and, mm-hmm. and at how that paved the way for other people. You know, that's not like they were blaring out during service, but like would come up to me after and say, man, I really resonated with what you said, you know, yeah. and like even just you talking about, and it's that whole normalizing yeah. that whole thing. Right. And, <clears throat> you know, um, it's, it's true. It's, yeah, uh, it's yeah. It should definitely be part of everybody's plan. I think in action, if you're going forward with anything, I mean, that's the first step. I think it's like, okay, we're going to be, who's going to be my support. 
Yeah. yeah. If I'm going to make a life change. Totally. Right. Or, or also, uh, who can I support? You know, cause I know, like, I know probably a lot of listeners might not be in the midst of like, Oh, I'm reaching out for something. They might just be like, I like hearing these stories. Right. And, yeah. but there's always that question. Right. And I mean, it's kind of been a common thing. Like you saying, like, uh, I just want to help people. And, you know, like, honestly, in my life, I know I made a decision. I don't know when it was like four years, right around that same time is I kind of made like a, like a, a life mantra is like, I want to add value to people's lives. Right. And, you know, mm-hmm. Claire, you said mm-hmm. at the beginning, you know, when you know your purpose and you talked about like fitness and health and energy and kind of using that as like a funnel, as it were, in terms of like, what jobs do I accept? Yeah. Right. Is that same thing? Like, yeah. does my I want to I want to put my conversations, I want to put like my interactions with people through the filter of like, am I going to add value mm-hmm. to their lives, right? And uh, mm-hmm. and so I come in full circle, right back to like some listeners might not be in the midst of that, but they might have what it takes to be that support, whether they're a professional counselor or not, whatever. But even just that voice of like, yeah. hey. You know, and I know that the slogan or the term you matter, but like even just asking like, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. No, like, how are you really? Yeah. How are you really? You know, and being open to have those vulnerable conversations, you know, so. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I good. love it. Well, we're closing yeah, there's in. so many tools. Yeah. We're kind of closing in on the hour here, Claire. And I'm, yeah. we say this every podcast, man. I feel like we just yeah. touched the surface. <laughs> yeah. We got to have you back sometime. I'm sure we will. Um, we are so stoked to see what you're working on out there in Revelstoke. For the listeners, we have Claire on Zoom, so we see the camera and we can see a little bit of construction happening. Yeah, yeah. So we're pretty excited to hear what you got going on out there in BC. Um, yeah, I can't wait to tell you guys. I'm sure you'll be part of it. Yeah, that would be amazing. So why don't we, uh, I know you have a lot of avenues for people to connect with you. You got a website, you got all your social media, probably Twitter. Why don't you throw out some of your plugs so people can find you? I would say the best place to uh, find me is probably Instagram. That's probably the place I check in um, on an addiction level yeah. most, you know, my Instagram. You can find me there. But yeah, of course, clary.com. Um, everything else is kind of hush-hush right now. So yeah. it's yeah. all uh, <laughs> avenued into, and then it will be released. Everything will be released on um, on there. If you want to find any of my so- uh, like faith journey stuff, I've do- been doing a lot of faith talks. Cool. Um, I've just random stuff on YouTube. So I have a YouTube channel. Um, they've been very like random, whatever God puts on my heart to throw up there, but a lot of testimony stuff, just miracles, a lot of miracles that have happened and, uh, wow. yeah, how he pulls through, you yeah. know, in the, in the yeah. craziest situations. Um, so if you need like encouragement, that's, uh, the best one. Um, and a lot of addiction stuff is on there as well. Okay. And, um, and I pray for people on there as well. So people can find me there. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. To that's clairray.com. R-A-E, not R-A-Y, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you bet. I'll put those links. Yeah. I'll find those. I'll put those links in the footnotes for this episode. So um, I guess I just want to thank you for taking time out of your obviously very busy schedule to come in, share with our listeners and just share the passion of uh you know, what you're doing and what your purpose is and just that message of hope, because yeah, I don't think there's good. enough messages of hope in this world. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Oh yeah. It's great. There's going to be lots. Thank you so much for having me. This is obviously my pleasure and I can't wait to share uh, with you guys and everything, uh, the project we got going out here because it, it's going to be good. Yeah. Awesome. Right on. Dave, anything you want to leave the listeners with? Uh, oh, no, honestly, this has been great. Uh, Claire, love your perspective. Uh, you know, one, one thing, I, I think you even mentioned it, is like joy 
is contagious, you know, and it, and it really is. And so, I mean, it's, you know, just to encourage you, it's so evident on you, uh, just the joy. And I love, you know, uh, just the purpose, uh, you know, of your life and how you are doing what you can to help people. And so just from, from uh, a, a couple of people that you've probably never met in person, we just want to say, keep doing what you're doing. It's awesome. I'm sure All you're right. making a difference and yeah, it's encouraging. Awesome. Well, you two as well, back to you guys. What you guys are doing is very, very um, impactful and important too because like, I've been following it for a while now and it's it's given me encouragement to see that other people are on Team Let's Heal, you know? Yeah. So that's the biggest thing, you know? It's Team Let's Heal. Collective journey. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Awesome. Well, thanks for tuning in this week and uh, we will be back. Thank you very much, Claire, for your time and uh, stay safe out in Revelstoke. Yes, thank you. See ya. Thanks. Thank you See very ya. much. From Darkness to Life is an Our Collective Journey podcast. These are the true stories of struggles and triumphs against addiction and mental health challenges. If these stories resonate with you and you or someone you love need help and don't know where to turn, Our Collective Journey is here for you. Please consider supporting OCJ by visiting ourcollectivejourney.ca and clicking donate. All proceeds go to supporting the health and wellness of people in our community. Hosted by members of Our Collective Journey. Produced by Rob Pape. Engineered, edited, and directed by Dave Cruikshank. From Darkness to Life is a plugged-in media network exclusive. Thank you for listening.